0: Hey, welcome to the 1826 Podcast. My name is Joe and I'm the leader of the 1826 Young Adult Community here at Faith Chapel. I just want to let you know really quickly, we meet every Tuesday at 7 p.m. in our church lobby. I encourage you to check us out on Instagram at 1826FC so you can kind of get a feel for what we're about. Without any further ado, let's dive into the message. Hey, welcome into live stream. Welcome to church. I am so glad that you made it this morning. You look great, by the way. If you're here, go ahead and comment in the in the comments section where you're watching from. We would love to connect with you. I'm sure there's a link in the comments section. If you're new, welcome to the family. Welcome home. I hope to meet you in person someday, but for now, thanks for being here. We're so glad that you can make it, obviously, in your Sunday best. I know you woke up and you you dressed up for church this morning, but uh, Let's read. We're going to be in Daniel chapter 3, continuing our Then and Now series. Daniel chapter 3, we'll start in verse 13. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now, when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? And verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, We do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from it, your majesty's hand. But even if he doesn't, even if, go ahead and type even if into the comments section, but even if he doesn't, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. We're going to be in Daniel chapter three this morning, but I wanted to go into, I love sports. I love athletics. And I think one of the main things I love about athletics is, is how people respond in their hardest pressure filled moments. How do the, the heroes that we look up to respond in the, in the moments of triumph and the moments where they're supposed to lose, and the moments where they're the underdog. I love when somebody answers and they hit a big shot or they get a big hit in a clutch situation. And we, we look at these situations, these people, and, and the, the pressure that they had to overcome. It's really incredible. And We go through history looking up to people, whether that's an athlete or an actor or, or a political person, and we look at their lives and the main reason we look up to them is because of how they responded in pressure. Let's look at MLK. In the midst of his uh, of racial segregation, the nation is divided. He steps up to the podium and he says, I have a dream. Let's look at the Bible. Jesus hanging on the cross, knowing what's about to happen to him, going through the most gruesome death anybody could ever experience. He hangs on the cross and he says, forgive them. It is finished. When you're going through pressure, the moments that you're going through right now, do you respond with forgiveness? Do you respond with that attitude of dreaming towards a hopeful future. When that pressure sits in, how do you respond? I think it's easy to look at the world right now, especially, especially in our own nation, and and think dark, twisted, corrupt. Who do I trust right now? Where can I go to for answers? But when I look at the world, I, I I'm hopeful because I read this story about three Hebrew boys who stood their ground, who had faith and they lived to tell the tale. These boys went into one of the darkest, godless cities and their lives began to incline. These boys were slaves. They were taken out of their homes, right? We talked about this last week. They were taken out of their homes. They were becoming slaves. They had to learn a new culture. They had to learn a new language. They they came from nothing. They were restarting. The one thing they held on to was their faith. And so they begin to, to work their way up the ladder, right? And King Nebuchadnezzar actually appoints them to be his personal advisors. Let me tell you what that's called. That's called favor. And favor isn't found where you are. Favor is found who you are. And let me tell you something else. Favor follows you. And so we're, we're in Daniel 3. Let me just set the scene for you real quick. We've got these three boys who have worked their way up, they're advisors to the king. And the king, he's a little bit full of himself. He's a little arrogant, a little cocky. He decides that he's going to build this giant statue. And whenever he sees fit, he's going to have music play and everybody in the whole city is going to bow down to this giant statue. Well, this doesn't sit well with the boys because this goes against who they are. This goes against their own god this goes against the god that you and i serve and so they're thinking what are we going to do how are we going to navigate through this system obviously we're going to get in in some pretty big trouble and they're saying we can't do this so the 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 music begins to play and everybody along the city starts to bow except these three boys and Nebuchadnezzar looks out and he sees the boys and, and he becomes Angry. The Bible says he's furious with them and he calls them in and he says, if you don't bow, I'm going to have no choice. I'm going to have to put you into a furnace and you're going to die. And I love what the boys say. Verse 17, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us. I think some of you are watching and you needed that reminder this morning that God is able. Able to save, able to deliver, able to heal, able to restore. Go ahead and put it in the chat. God is able. Type that out. Speak that over your life this morning. God is able. This is a reminder because we're going through a season. You might be going through a season where you've lost hope in the fact that God is able. And I don't want to be a part of a church. I don't want to be a part of a generation that loses focus to the fact, that bows to the question, is God able? No, he's always able. He's always working for us. God is able. Even in situations we don't understand, God is able. So if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. I think I spoke this a a couple months ago, but I think it's a good reminder. It's one thing to know what God can do. It's another thing to declare what he will do. These boys know what God was going to do for them, and they spoke it. What do you need to speak over your life this morning? What do you need to, to tell your enemies this morning? Maybe it's your own thoughts. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's a family member. But what do you need to say, you know what, my God can, and now I'm believing that he will. Hebrews 11 says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. What are you hoping for today? Can you see it? What's that that light that you can't seem to find at the end of your tunnel? What's the, the relationship that you can't seem to mend? Joe, there's, there's no hope for me. We, we haven't talked in years, and we never will. What's your hope? Can you see it? What's the thing that you can't seemingly grab onto? What's the thing that's been ripped from you, that's been canceled? What's, what's the thing that you are so uncertain about? See, faith is the confidence in what we hope for, And assurance about what we do not see. You might not be able to see it, but that doesn't mean God's not working. You see, the gospel is simplified as this. Jesus willingly came to earth because we could not get to him. What does this tell me? It tells me Jesus is willing to come to us wherever we are in our brokenness, in our shame, in our sin, wherever we are. Jesus wants to come to us. We couldn't get to him Jesus, a good Jesus came down to us so that we could have hope. And and so the the story goes on in verse 18. But even if he does not, there's that, that, that phrase, even if. But even if he doesn't, we want you to know, your majesty, they're a little cocky with them. We want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. I love in the midst of their, their hardest moment, the, the moment that they felt the pressure. Their response was, even if. I know that he can, I'm declaring he will. But even if he doesn't, I'm not gonna bow to you. What's your even if? I think in the midst of our current climate, we need to be more even if people. When God doesn't behave how you think he should, how do you respond? When things get ripped from you, when things get canceled, when, when, when things are seemingly not going right, how do you respond? I have a friend who I met with a couple months ago and we were talking about faith and, and she says, you know, Joe, that sounds great and that sounds good and, and everything and I, I really do want to believe. But I can't get over the fact that why do bad things happen to good people? And honestly, I don't know. I, there's no good reason for it. I, I don't understand why bad things happen to good people. I don't understand why bad things happen to, to children. I don't understand why, why car accidents happen to good people. I don't understand why good people get sick and die. I, I don't have a good answer for that, but here's what I do know. I wanna reverse the script a little bit and say, why do good people happen to bad things? Because the reality is, is there was a good God who sent his only perfect son into a horrific, horrible, messed up world. And it wasn't so he could benefit. It was only so we could. It was so that we could have a hope and a faith to keep pressing on. It was so that we could look to a cross one day and know that there's a salvation waiting for us someday. Even if, even if I lose my job, even if I lose my events, even if my kids never go back to school, even if I have to wear a mask for the rest of my life, even if my candidate didn't win. I'm not gonna bow to my circumstances because there was a good God who came down to earth and gave me an identity. And I don't find my identity in a political candidate. I don't find my identity based on circumstances that happened to me. I find my identity in the cross that Jesus died on thousands of years ago. Even if, what's your even if this morning? There's three ways that we can live an even if life. If you're taking notes, this is gonna be the time to to write some things down. Number one, sit. You want an even if life, you want an even if mindset. You gotta learn how to sit. I remember when my family moved to San Diego, Uh, almost 12 12 years ago. uh, I was forced to go to a new school. I know, I I don't look that young. But I I was forced to go to a new school and I remember walking into my junior high on the first day of school, my new school, and and everybody already had their friends and I was so nervous about lunchtime. I was so nervous about where I was going to be invited to sit on that first day of school. Because where you sit when you're in junior high kind of determines who you are. Are you gonna sit with, with the nerds? Are you gonna sit with the cool people? Are you gonna sit with the athletes? Are you gonna sit, where are you gonna sit? Because here's the reality. As I grow up, I'm I, I realizing that junior high, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Where you sit determines who you are and who you sit by is who you're listening to and who you're being influenced by. So who you sit by is awfully important. Somebody watching this needs to hear this. It's time to get up from your table and go find some new friends. The reason you're feeling so negative about who you are, the reason you're feeling negative about the person that you become is because you're sitting at a table that's toxic. You're sitting at a table that's discouraging. You're sitting at a table that's not bearing good fruit. I I, I have the, the honor of working with our youth here at Faith Chapel, and I have the honor of leading our 1826 Young Adults community, and the common theme that we hear the most is, is, Joe, I'm struggling with with anxiety. I'm struggling so much with with mental health. I'm struggling so much with with my identity and who I am. And, and, And I look at their life, and I look at the people that they're hanging out with, and it's not a surprise to me that they're struggling up here, because they're constantly sitting with people Toxic people doing toxic things. And some people are actually afraid of community. They're, once they get up, they're afraid to sit back down at another table because of the pain they felt from their last one. And let me tell you, if you're feeling that way, that's the enemy. That's isolation. And the worst table you can sit at is the one that's by yourself. Find a table that's gonna uplift you and encourage you. That's number one, learn how to sit, even if mentality, sit, number one. Number two, stand. Joe, you just told me to sit. I know, some of you need a season of sitting, some of you need to learn how to stand. These boys take a stand. Imagine how hard it would be to take a stand. It, this whole city, everybody was bowing down and they stood out so badly. They were the only ones, they could see everybody. And everybody could see them. It would have been difficult. How do you not give in when everybody else caves? Well, Joe, I would have, I would have stood tall. I would have stood tall. I know some of you are thinking that right now. I would have, I would have stand, stand firm in my faith. I, I know what I would have done. You want to go public with your faith? Let me ask you a question. How's your private life? How's your private life? You see, this is the climax of these stories. This is the climax of these, of these boys story. It's the story that we're still talking about today. This is their, I have a dream speech moment. This is their, their big shot in overtime. And it was built up over time. You read about these boys through the midst of their lives, all the negative things that had happened to them. They never lost sight of their faith. They continued to build upon their faith each and every day. Some of us will make up excuses as to why we can't stand, and we wonder why we still feel hopeless, afraid, and alone. The story continues, and it says that, The the king turned up the temperature seven times hotter. He was so mad. He wanted to be sure that these boys burned. Let me tell you something, when you take a stand, people will follow, but it's not gonna get easier. In fact, your situation's gonna get turned up seven times hotter. Are you gonna be afraid of the pressure? Are you gonna be afraid of the heat? Can you take the weight and responsibility that comes with taking a stand. It's really easy to know what God can do. It's a whole other thing to take a stand and believe that he will. There's a a quote in a play that I really love, and it says, if you stand for nothing, what do you fall for? And I think the answer is, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. Number one, you gotta learn how to sit and who to sit with. Number two, you gotta take a stand and know when to take a stand. And number three, you gotta walk got to walk the walk. These boys walk into the furnace. What do they say? I know that he can. I'm declaring that he will. But even if he doesn't, I'm still going to praise him. And they walked with faith into the furnace. The very thing that was meant to kill them, they walk into. The Bible says, that the king sent his servants down to check on the boys to see if they had burned up. And as the servants were going down into the furnace, just the, the, the heat, the excess heat outside of the furnace was killing them. The very thing that was meant to kill the boys was actually killing the executors. I love the Bible. I love how it, how it correlates Because the very thing that was meant to kill Jesus, the cross is the very thing that you and I look to today as a symbol of hope and peace and faith. You gotta sit with somebody, you gotta stand for something, but you gotta walk through everything. And God didn't promise us a life without challenges, but he promised to walk with us. And when they walk out of the fire, this is what the story says, when they walk out of the fire, the ropes that had held them together had burned off and they were free. This is a word for somebody this morning, the very ropes that are tying your life and tying your soul down. You might be walking through a fiery season so that you can be free from the things that you were held down. My marriage feels like it's in ropes. My relationship with my kids feel like it's in ropes. My, my battle with my, my own mental health feels like it's in ropes. My, my loneliness feels like it's in ropes. And I'm encouraging you, walk with faith because the things you're enduring today are giving you the strength to produce tomorrow. When you've got to walk through a fire, the things in life that have been trying to tie you down begin to loosen. So you've got to sit You got to stand and you got to walk. That's the key to live an even if life. I want to take a side route really quickly because I looked up the name, the meaning of the original names. You see these boys, when they were brought out of their homeland as slaves, they were given new names and those names were Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Their original names, however, were different. Let's start with Shadrach. Shadrach's original name was Hananiah. Hananiah. Hananiah means Jehovah has been gracious. And I, I see Shadrach coming out of the fire and people are amazed that he survived. They say, what happened? He says, my God is gracious. And he showed me his grace today. Meshach's original name was Mishael. And I honestly don't know if I'm saying that right. I'm not going to stand behind the podium and, and pretend like I know it all. I have no idea if I'm saying that right. You can correct me in the comments if I'm wrong. Mishael means who is like God. And I imagine he comes out of the fire. And he's telling the story about what happened. they say, who could have done this to you? How did you survive? And he's saying, have I not told you? There's nobody like mine there's nobody like my God. And then there's Abednego, and his original name was Azariah, which means Jehovah has helped. And he's telling the story years later about what happened. He's saying, we went into the furnace, and they turned it up seven times hotter, and we came out on the other end, and my God helped us. My God helps me, and he can help you and I've got two other brothers to back me up and help them as well. I don't know what you're going through today, but I know that God is gracious, there's nobody like Him, and He wants to help you. Even in the midst of your worst possible scenario, He's gracious, there's no one like Him, and He wants to help you. Let's finish this story. But suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did. They were like, look Nebuchadnezzar, I see four men unbound walking around in the fire unharmed and the fourth looks like a god. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the most high God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then Nebuchadnezzar said praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defined the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own. Therefore, I make this decree. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They will be torn from limb to limb and their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. And he ends with this. This It's a powerful statement. There is no other God who can rescue like this. Like I said, I don't know what you're going through before, but here's what I know. There is no other God who can rescue like this. And I, you might be thinking, Joe, I, I don't know this God you're talking about. I, I stumbled upon this, this stream today. A friend shared it, and I, I didn't know what happened. I just clicked on here. Uh, and, and, and how do I get this power? How do I, how do I get this, this spirit that you talk about? How do I walk into my situations with, with another person alongside me? I want to introduce you. I want to give you the opportunity to meet that Jesus today. You see, the Bible says if, if we confess with our mouth, that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. It's not hard, it's simple. And we're gonna pray a prayer in just a moment, but, but what you're doing is gonna change your life forever. If you want that power, if you wanna walk into hardship with God, with Jesus, repeat this after me, say, dear Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner. I need you in my life. God, I don't wanna walk through any situation without you. I want you to be close to me, I want you to be near me. Help me to live for you in everything I say and do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer with us this morning, there's a link in the comment section. Go ahead and fill that out for me. We would love to connect with you. A pastor is going to be reaching out to you shortly. We love you. Thanks for joining us today. I hope you have a great rest of your Sunday. God bless you. Hey, thanks for joining us. I hope that message encouraged you. I hope it inspired you. I want to let you know that we meet every Tuesday at 7 p.m. You're free to join us. We'd love to meet you. We meet on campus at our home church, Faith Chapel, San Diego. You can look us up online. You can follow us on Instagram at 1826 for more info. We hope to see you soon.